Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we just got done watching the Brooklyn Nets send a message. And that is the theme that we've seen in the NBA recently. A lot of teams, a lot of players trying to send a message. But Brooklyn in Chicago tonight, BJ, sent a major, sent a major message and said, uh, we are still the team to beat in the East. In our opinion, we have our three best players on the court. What did you see tonight in Chicago? Tate, it's a space odyssey. <laughs> we have the number one seed. Your Chicago Bulls. Yes. We got the number two still seed. Still the number the one seed, Nets. by the way. Despite the blowout tonight, still the number one seed. And won the series over the Nets, two and one for the season. Okay. But Kyrie Irving wasn't there, so I don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count him. <laughs> You know, being close. That's only in horseshoes. Yeah. Tonight tonight was the real test. We we saw we learned something tonight about Brooklyn. Okay. Well, we didn't learn anything. <laughs> what we learned tonight was was about the Bulls. Okay. And what we learned about the Bulls is the following. You don't have a thirty point loss versus the number two seed at this juncture of the season. At home. I didn't want to throw salt on the wound. At home. So now we got to go back to the drawing board because Brooklyn has let the Bulls know we can beat you. And we can be you. You are not a problem for us. So let's talk about these four teams real quick. We have Miami at the top. We have Milwaukee at the top. We have the Bulls and we have the Nets. Yep, those are the top four. With- As of today, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Bulls is in that elite category of one, two, and three. I think they may be the next tier now. So I'm a little concerned what I saw. That wasn't just a loss. That was a bad loss. Okay? So give Brooklyn credit. Brooklyn played well tonight. James Harden, you know, he was close to triple-double, 16 assists. Kevin Garnett, uh, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant mm-hmm. was, he was sensational. And Kyrie, and Kyrie, Kyrie didn't even have to be sensational tonight. That's how well, good they Kyrie, are. Kyrie provides spacing, and he is a weapon on the court. Yes. So they played well. Plays 24 minutes awful, tonight. Awful loss, talking about Brooklyn in Portland. But tonight they bounced back. And I think the message was well received. It was received by the Bulls. Now, if you're going to be at the top of the, of the leaderboard, you got to you got to perform like it because now everyone's coming for you. And tonight they did not play well. You can chalk it up as just a bad night at the office. But that was a that was the timing was awful. And it, it was coming off a 46 point victory. I mean, you know, talk about a whirlwind. You go from a 46 point win 46 point win to an absolute blowout against the number 2 seed. So, I mean, it leaves you with a a strange taste in your mouth like you said. A little bit of a message was sent. We learned something about the Bulls tonight. And I'm excited to see what they do when they go to the drawing board, when Billy Donovan sits down with this team and they try to figure out what they can do to address this problem. And, BJ, well, how do you address this problem? How do you dissect well, this Well, this is problem? what I was looking at. This is what I was looking at as I was watching the game. Defensively, I don't see an answer on their entire roster. For Kevin for Durant. Kevin, yeah. Derek Jones Durant. Jr. is probably the best that they have. But he went out in this game with injury. Kyrie didn't even reach double figures. Yeah. 
Nine so points. So we know there's room for improvement there. I don't think you're going to stop Kyrie Irving. James Harden appears to be, he's gaining more confidence. And I think with Kyrie on the floor, as I was watching the game, he has a little bit more space and operating room <laughs> to do his his. He his actually dribble, likes having Kyrie thing. on the on the court. Because yeah. he, he can, he's got more space. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, I give Brooklyn credit. Brooklyn, they were working on all cylinders tonight. And that was even though Kyrie didn't score, they really had a they had a good flow tonight. You know, Patty Mills, you know, Patty Mills is quickly becoming one of my favorite players. He's just a pro's pro. Mm-hmm. He just figures out how to get his twenty no matter yep. what. You know, Kyrie's playing, Kyrie's not playing, James is playing, James is not playing. He plays in San Antonio, but he still gets twenty. So I like I like what I saw on the offensive end tonight. But more importantly, I was – I don't want to make too much of it, but I was disappointed in the Bulls' game and what they were able to do because this was a big game for them. Mm-hmm. This is a big game. They've been playing well all season. They get to this moment, and then they lay an egg. So hopefully they will bounce back for this, but it's not a good sign. And I know now Brooklyn is confident playing against them, whether it's at home or – or at, at on the road in the playoffs. Well, and as we see, it might be better when they play on the road because they have Kyrie Irving. You know, they might be a better and more dangerous team on the road. So they, we talked about how Brooklyn could break break basketball because they could be the first team that wins with offense instead of defense. They also could break basketball if they're a better team on the road because of this Kyrie Irving situation where, you know, if they beat you at home, then you're even more concerned because you go back and you say, well, we got to play Kyrie when they come into our building. And uh, that that is the, the real weapon that they have with their situation. This yeah. is the most points hey, Tate, they've scored all season, by the way, the Brooklyn Nets. I want, I want to ask you a question, Tate. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the post-game interview with James Harden. He must have said in two or three. He must have said two or three times in the interview that they have to figure out how to get Kyrie back so they can play home games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard that, but what's your thoughts on that? I think that you know at this point it, it was more of a right uh, at the beginning of the season they made a decision that they can't have a part-time player. They've already walked that back. So they've already they've already done they've already balked once. So now this is this would be the second balk, which is basically the owner has to pay fines every game. But you're already paying Kyrie Irving however many millions of dollars. So why not pay a thousand dollars to have him be the full show if that be the case? And if Brooklyn does pay these fines and decides to let Kyrie play at home, I mean, then we're talking about Brooklyn as the favorite. Well, I I, I think what he was alluding to was potentially getting vaccinated you think so uh, well how else is he gonna play i i i my head it was just there's, it was just joe side yeah, paying how else the fines. Is he gonna play no there's no fine to play you can't you know there's no fine well you don't want to get you know let's say you don't get vaccinated i don't think that he can just say well i'll pay a fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's how that works, Tate. <laughs> but you may know something. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I heard it, some it, people it talking appeared- about New York City having these fines. But you're right. I mean, if he does get vaccinated, that changes the whole dynamic of their, their team. If having if Kyrie is a full participant, they're a different team. Yeah, he, he mentioned it a couple times in the interview. So seems like they are beginning to get some form of communication which could lead to cooperation. Mm. 
So we'll see. It's interesting. It's interesting, uh, you know, and I think across the Eastern Conference, you mentioned Milwaukee and Miami. They're, you know, right there. Obviously, Milwaukee, the world champs, they're keeping an eye on everything at the top. But Brooklyn, if those three guys play, you mentioned, you know, the matchup in the playoffs. You can't double anybody with that team, with those with those three guys, with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. It's kind of a, a problem you cannot solve defensively. No team can, right? Well, you would think so, Tate, but, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, sometime pressure, sometime a matchup, sometimes you just don't have it going, but sometimes you do. Now, on paper, you like what you see. You like what you, you like your matchups. You're saying, I'm going into a game with a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy James Harden, and a well-rested and healthy Kyrie Irving. That, that, that's a good start. But these other teams, you know, they, these guys, you know, Milwaukee, they're primed and ready. They are the defending champions. <laughs> yeah. They are the defending champions, okay? Yeah. That that was the other and thing as, I learned tonight. Who's going to guard Giannis on the Chicago Bulls? I mean, it, it, let's say if they were to match up. Again, I think the Chicago Bulls showed us the following. They are not in that elite category even though they are the best you know team by record record wise yeah. yeah record wise you know in the eastern conference i don't think they are the best team in the eastern conference if that makes sense yes no it does no i think i think kevin i think kevin durant and Giannis are clear cut above everyone else and that's why those two teams to me are one two mm-hmm. then you have Miami, if they can get healthy, Bam and Jimmy Butler and and company, you know your guy Tyler Hero, <laughs> aka guy. Tate Frazier, <laughs> hey, he was terrific tonight down in Atlanta. By the he way, had a great game. You know he's playing well. Without question, he's up now for six man of the mm-hmm. year, most improved player. And then I think it's I think I, and I think the Bulls, Miami, then the Philly. And, you know, whoever else, you know, then you start getting into Charlotte, the Knicks, Charlotte's and and, and the rest of the rest of the team. So I'm going to keep a close eye on Milwaukee and Brooklyn and then debate who's going to come out. Yeah. Who's going to be that third team that's going to try to get into the mix with those two at the top with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. It's going to be fun to see what happens there. You mentioned Philadelphia. Our producer Midas, of course, is a Philadelphia native. He keeps me up to date on what's going on with the Sixers. It's back in the news again. They had Wojohn, uh, SVP just did, asking him about Ben Simmons. And he said uh, that the contract, there's still four more years left on the contract. Um, so he basically alluded, BJ, that Ben Simmons, there's a chance he does not get traded before, before the trade deadline, even though that's what everyone was hoping for or assuming, I guess, at this point. But the Sixers are not budging. It seems like Ben Simmons is not budging and not going to play basketball. So uh, we could just keep having this conversation uh, as far as I can tell, BJ. You know, everyone wants to have this conversation. Where is Ben Simmons going? Just going to continue. I think it's just going to be the talk Listen, forever. If Ben Simmons... I was thinking about this the other day. And I said the following. If you want to get traded, what's the best way to do it? Play. There you go. Always. That's always been the best way to get traded. 
That's you, how you. That's how easily, you help your value. This could have been easily solved. Just go out and play, and within a week or two, you will get traded. Now, now what we are concerned about, if you are the other team in this trade, is the following. He, when I was talking he, Ben Simmons, has already forfeited, what, millions of dollars and said, well, I don't want to play. So if I trade for him, he's already done it once. Why wouldn't he do it again? Which which obviously creates a, a lack of trust from the get-go when you talk about willing to invest in someone as, as a franchise player. There you go. Now, I have, I've said this many a times, and I'll say it for the last time here. I'm surprised, and I'm really shocked, of the offers that are being made for Ben Simmons because I think he's a better player than what's being offered. They, I mean, they're so obviously lowballing the Sixers. Now, well, I don't think they're lowballing. I think they're saying the following. I think the player's value is not as high as it may have been prior to the playoff series beginning last year versus the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think this is a low ball. Mm. <laughs> okay. I don't think this is a low ball. We can't forget, Midas, that they lost to the Atlanta Hawks. Interesting enough, a, a team that was thrown into the mix for for wanting to reach out for Ben Simmons, which you know you would think after that playoff series they would not be the team. But, you know, things come full circle in that sense. Well, you know, Atlanta's struggling right now. What's that, uh, Midas? Who? Who? Who looked like a superstar? The Sixers look like a superstar? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my guy, Red Red Velvet. That's my mm-hmm. guy. That's my guy. You know, Kevin Herter, that's my guy. <laughs> you know, sometimes in the playoffs you get a good matchup. You get a good matchup. And Kevin Herter is a good player. He's a good player. And right now I'm just really shocked at what's being – talked about with the player of Ben Simmons accomplishments. He's accomplished a lot as a young player in this league. And it doesn't seem that his value around the rest of the league is as high as you know, I would have said he probably, you could at least get back a a current all-star player. Yeah, we were talking at the start of the season, we were talking about what is the formula to get Ben Simmons, and we said disgruntled player, disgruntled all-star. The names that we threw out were Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, you know, names of that caliber. And, you know, now you're seeing that the Sixers were, you know, the leaked report was that they were not willing to trade Ben Simmons for guys like, you know, John Collins. Who I mean, John Collins is a max player. DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis is you know, potentially an all-star player, Harrison Barnes, you know, a guy who's won an NBA championship has been a max player. So those were the names that were thrown out. But like you said, you know, Harrison Barnes, I love Harrison Barnes. I'm a North Carolina guy, but Harrison Barnes is not Dame Lillard. And you assume that Ben Simmons is going to get traded for someone of a Dame Lillard, you know, than a Harrison Barnes. So that, that, that's what's fascinating. Well, uh, listen, with Ben Simmons, 
with Ben Simmons. The Philadelphia 76ers are a title contending team. That's why it's so frustrating. Because if he does play, they can win a title. As we've talked about on the show before. No, Well, they are in the potential to win a title. They're in the group. They're in the group. We have to to stay. Remember that first conversation we had, Tate, when we said we're going to go after the narratives? Mm -hmm. They are a title contending team. Provided Ben Simmons improves. Provided they have Joel, Embiid they have the improves. recipe, they have the base, they they have the right pieces. Well, yeah. they, they 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 have a couple of players who could be star players. Mm-hmm. That's the recipe. Now, you got to get the right coach, you got to get the right role players, and your star players have to perform like stars. Right now, Ben Simmons, as is, is not ready to carry a load to the NBA Finals. He has the potential. This is this is the one thing I, I keep. I think the media is overestimating. As is Ben Simmons is not ready to carry the load to the NBA Finals. He has to improve. Joel Embiid is making improvement from two years ago. He's a he's in better shape. He is getting more consistent. He's he's his, been healthier. His, his leadership has been better. Yes, he's improved. We see the potential, but I'm not ready yet to say those two guys can just carry you as is. Potentially, Joel Embiid. Up until last year, Joel Embiid. Up until last year, when he when he got injured, I think he hurt his knee. Hyperextended his knee. Joel Embiid was perhaps the MVP of this league. Joel Embiid now is playing like a top five player currently now in the NBA in this league, and he's putting it together. But what we have yet to have seen is another player in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform who's also playing consistently as a top 10 player and is able to carry some of that load when Joel Embiid is not in the game. Now, Ben Simmons has the talent to do it. I want to say that clearly. He has the talent, but he has yet to have shown that. So before we crown them champions and as if on the narratives and the press clippings and all of that, no, no, no. Mm. Good young player with a lot of potential. But you're not going to win a championship on potential. You might win a few regular season games. But you're not going to advance and get 16 wins in the NBA playoffs on potential. And they, they've said, they've stated on the record, the Sixers, they don't want to waste another year of Embiid's prime, right? So that makes sense. So they were going to make a deal to win now, to stay in that group of we can try to make a run at the title. You know, we can try to use the group that we have with the talent of Joel Embiid and whoever we get back. I mean, the deals that are on the table look more like a Jeremy Grant, a Harrison Barnes. I mean, Sabonis, some of these guys. So, I mean, those are the the get the deal done trades. But they obviously don't improve the other side because, like you said, the potential of Ben Simmons coming to your team is great. But the reality is he's not in shape right now and he's not going to probably be able to play this season. So one of those other teams that makes that trade, they're basically, by default, their season is, you know, 
they're cashing in. So, I mean, that that's the other part of this. You know, there, there's both sides of the coin with the trade. Once someone trades for Ben Simmons, they kind of say, we're, we're putting our chips in for next year at that point. Well, I, I think Ben Simmons, listen, I, I don't know. I don't know anything what's going on with, with him. But clearly, I think the Philadelphia 76ers have made it very clear. We're not giving Ben Simmons away for a player we feel would just help us maintain what we already have. I mean, think about it. They What, what are they, fourth or fifth right now currently? Yeah, fifth. They're fifth right now without him. They're fifth right now without him. So clearly, Joel Embiid is a star player. Without question. This is all Joel Embiid. Now, What's going to complement Joel Embiid at this stage as they are doing the following? See, Tate, the, the one thing that I listen to all of these trade scenarios is the following. When you sit in that GM's chair, which now is Daryl Morey, here's the following. When you put together a team, you put together a team with a goal in mind. They weren't building that team minus Ben Simmons. So why make a trade and try to put together a team on the fly when the team wasn't built around the idea of not having Ben Simmons there? If you are going to if you are going to trade Ben Simmons, it's got to be a win-win deal for you. Okay, you got to get something out of the deal. You're going to get a a star player back. You get a Damian Lillard back. Hey, <laughs> okay, we, we of course you're going to do that. You get a James Harden back, of course you're going to do that. If I'm going to trade him, I'm going to get something in return so that I can go now to my star player and say, we have the cap flexibility and capability to go build a team now around you. That's why they're saying, if you want Ben Simmons, take Tobias Harris. Because if you're going to build it around Joel Embiid, Build it around Joel Embiid. This team was built around the following. We know Ben Simmons is going to be the point guard, so we're going to get shooters. We're going to get Seth Curry. We're going to get all these other players around him. But now, if you're not going to have him, then build it around him. So when I hear all of these people talk about trades, no, Tate, sit in the GM chair. What does that look like to you? Because you got to have that conversation with your coach, you have to have your conversation and make an assessment. Who is Joel Embiid moving forward? And then you have to identify and more importantly, recruit and retain those players to come in a 76ers uniform. So this isn't something that you just do because you put it in the time machine or you just get on and behind a microphone and start talking. No, this has to be thought out because if Joel Embiid is your guy, what if, Joel, what if you get a player, Joel Embiid goes, no, I don't think I can win a championship with this guy. And now he leaves. Now you gotta, you, 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 you've lost twice. So if you're going to make Joel Embiid the guy, let's do a partnership with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, we're going to clear the books. We're going to build his team. And big fella, now we're going we gonna to ride you as far as we, we can ride you. But tell us who you need and what you need moving forward because we got to move in a different direction that seems way more 
That seems way more logical than just making a trade now thinking, oh, we're just going to plug this guy in. We put him in the we put him in the trade machine yeah. and now this is what we came this is what we came out with. Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey have a big issue because they have to do a complete 180 and roster reconstruction on a team around not two guys anymore, maybe one guy. But you might as well try for the other guy if you can. They basically are also, I mean, not only are they trying to deal with the Ben Simmons situation, they're also trying to recruit Joel Embiid to be all in as they find his next partner. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's an important thing, okay? Every star player, when he is silent, I get nervous. Because Joel Embiid, what if he says, well, all right, they traded for player X. I don't think this is. Now you're into a total roster rebuild. And you just That's had a contending want. roster you thought. Dude, you, you, you just went from having a roster you thought could win a championship, potentially, with this group, to all of a sudden now everyone's going, well, no, nah, this is not going to work. See, this is way more complicated and sophisticated than people are saying, and this is the things we have to think about. So I'm not saying it's right for the player that's has to sit out for whatever reason or who's, who's made that choice to sit out. They have to really think this one through because you're going to need a private conversation with Team MB to make sure... <laughs> You're doing everything possible to make the trade that he is going to be on board with, the coach is going to be on board with, and that they all sing, you know, together in the room saying, okay, this is a team we feel we can win with. Because Joel Embiid right now is in the mode of win now. This isn't a rebuild type player. This isn't like, well, Joel, give us a year or two. Okay? So I'm interested to see what they can do, but I think if they're going to do it, if it were me, if it's not a, just something that blows you away at the trade deadline, I would wait for the summer. Yeah, wait for you know free agency, draft picks, all that. Wait sort for of the stuff. draft picks, yeah. but, but so you can so maybe maybe this best player is in the draft. Maybe this best player is a disgruntled player that's ready to go at the end of the season because it's always easier to make a big trade. At, in the summertime, right? You don't have to play the next mm-hmm. night. You don't have to get up and do a press conference. Maybe there may be a combination of free agency. Maybe they can re- get some cap space. Who knows? And, and at the end of the playoffs, a lot of things are going to be, you know, different than they are today. Abs- abso- absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think about these things all the time because if you're sitting in that seat, it's just more than just trading a player. This isn't like... You know, I know you guys play, young guys play 2K. You, know, you just trade a guy and move <laughs> on. No, like, you know, that's not how it works in real life. And right now, the key to all of this is JoJo. He's the key. He's the centerpiece. And you have to figure out, hey, JoJo, tell me what you need to win. Tell me what you need. 
I, I can tell you what I think you need, but tell me what you need. Are you on board with this? Are you ready to say, okay, we're going to put together a team where we can really go for this team for the next five to seven years, mm. provided everyone's healthy? That's key because this is going to overlap. This is when I say overlap, his contract situation is going to overlap if they can stay healthy. Because they're not just doing this for a one or two year run at it. They're, you know, JoJo is in his prime. He should be this JoJo for the next five years, at least. So Tate, I, I think, you know, I'm ex- I'm I'm really kind of patiently waiting to see how this plays itself out because of how sophisticated this is going to have to be because they're going to have to have a partnership. And that's the key with their best player. And clearly their best player now is Joel Embiid. And we're going to see Joel Embiid in the playoffs so he can only, you know, it's basically window shopping. He can, you know, showcase his talent, his ability. Right now they're the five seed. So if you are another superstar and you see Joel Embiid dominate a series and you say to yourself, hey, I'm trying to win a championship. I think I could win one with that guy. I mean, who's going to stop that guy? You know, that could really help them as far as maybe a deal in the summer. So that's another thing to keep an eye on as we go into the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. All right, BJ, final thing before we get out of here. John Morant uh, stared down some children in Memphis that were wearing a Steph Curry jersey. He also sent (laughs) a message with his left hand to the Golden State Warriors. Um, He said, take that W, flip it upside down, uh, because the M is in town. Memphis, the Grizzlies, they are letting the Western Conference and the rest of the NBA world know who they are, especially John Morant. So we want to give him a shout-out. And they, and they also have this new deal, BJ, that if you go to a Memphis Grizzlies game and you bring an opposing jersey, an officially licensed jersey, they will take your jersey, if you brought a Steph Curry jersey, and give you either a, a John Morant jersey or a Jaron Jackson Jr. jersey. So uh, I thought that was a nice giveaway uh, that Memphis Well, I want to say this. I'm going to say this about John Morant. I would love for someone on the Pushing Through podcast, our team, is to begin to track how many jerseys, John Morant jerseys, you're going to start seeing. Mm. Because what he just did was display leadership. And what he said, more or less, is the following. I respect the vets. I respect the stars. Steph Curry and all the things. But when you come to our house, when you come to my house, you better be representing that Memphis Grizzly uniform. Now, he just built a culture there because he said it in a way that it was correct. That man is playing his heart out. He's not being disrespectful, but he's saying, this is what we do here. He, he was being so respectful that you felt it was disrespectful to not wear a Grizzlies jersey. Wear jer- so <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I did, Tate, is I sent in my credit card number to get my John Morant shirt because I respect the man when I know he's coming to the building to win games, mm. play hard, and represent his city. That's the ultimate respect to the game. I can't ask more from anyone who plays sports at any level to give me their absolute best. 
That's respect to the game. That's why I love John Morant. That's why now I'm a Memphis Grizzly fan, and you will see me rocking the number 12 jersey. Ooh. Now, because John Morant just built a culture. I can't wait to see the next game in Memphis to see how many jerseys. And I'm going to say it here before all of the, 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 the new fans get online. He will be top five jersey sales this year. Now, Tate, let's get on out here. <laughs> I like that. He will be I top like five. that. Top five. He will be top five jerseys sold this year. Facts. Facts. He, he, he's a man of the people, which is, uh, I mean, I, that's what I Come love on. to see. You know what I mean? Especially in Memphis. He represents that city well, the grit and grind. So shout out to John Moran. I have, I'm happy to hear that you got his jersey. You know what I mean? And it's in they said it's a back order they said it was a back order <laughs> the guard they, 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 the guard guru supports yeah, I'm, I gotta support when you love the game I gotta support yeah. you I gotta support the, I gotta support that young man if the game mean that much to him then it means that much to me mm. cause I wanna I, I, I'm gonna give you the most valuable thing I have take my time I'm gonna watch the Memphis Grizzlies because it means something to him. They're a fun team to watch. And uh, oh, man, the rest man, of the Western man, Conference man. and the rest of the NBA, they better watch out because be, here comes Memphis. I'm going to be watching with my number 12 jersey there on. There you go. There you go. Well, okay. BJ, uh, this has been a late night edition of Pushing Through. Anything else before we get out of here? Man, when you down on the Mississippi, Tate, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> oh, thank God I'm not there too often. But when I am, I make waves. We will see you later in the week. This has been Pushing Through. Yeah. <laughs>